What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 7 Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, we are going to talk about scaling your business, your flipping business, using hard money, specifically Kiabi and the deal that we have with them through 7 Figure Flipping. Uh, Stan Wilder is an amazing guy out of New Jersey. I've spent a lot of time with him. Uh, he is just such a such an incredible human being, and I absolutely love him. Uh, he was gracious enough to come on the show. We had some problems with video recording, um, but the audio is crisp, clear, awesome for the podcast. So um, I, it's the first time I ever did a show where I wasn't looking at the other person. So it was a little bit of a challenge for me to do a show like that. But I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, we actually talk about a lot of like struggles in business and like real stuff that's happening, especially as you grow and scale. And then um, some of the limitations b- between um, using private money, hard money, and, um, and different um, kind of mindsets behind that and why you should stop using your own money and figure out how to scale your business using OPM, other people's money. So uh, I also stayed till the end because I gave an amazing invite for something that we're doing that uh, you do not want to miss. I promise you, it's going to be absolutely incredible. There's a masterclass that we're putting on that's going to be so great, especially if you're trying to find your first deal, fund your first deal, or you're trying to grow and scale your business, find your next one or fund your next one. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, I am back with another amazing show today. I'm uh, really excited for my guest today. He, uh, I thought he'd been on the show like 10 times. I've actually flown over to his house. We did an interview there. Um, If you were at Flip Hacking Live last year, you saw uh, a lot of his story, all about him. Um, And if you weren't, you're in for a treat. So uh, today I've got an amazing house flipper um, from New Jersey on uh, named Stan Wilder. Stan, what's going on? Hey, Bill. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Just keeping moving along, pushing the rock up the hill, you know? (laughs) He always has this this uh, positive mental attitude and like consistency it feels like um hey if anybody doesn't know who you are or what you do could you give them uh, like a background of uh of that well i'm a real estate investor based in south jersey i'm about 15 minutes 15 20 minutes outside of philadelphia and about an hour away from the beaches on the coast wise um i've been involved in real estate for the last 12 years or so and seriously flipping the last five and really serious the last two years since being a part of the group. Awesome. And you were in, uh, tell your story a little bit. You came to Flip Hacking Live, I think, and then joined Runway and then moved into Altitude. Tell tell a little bit about that. Yep. I came across your podcasts and uh, Seven Figure Podcast. I was listening to those for about a year. And when the opportunity came up for the event for Flip Hacking Live, I believe it was right when COVID had hit and we had, had to go virtual. So I did the Flip Hacking Live virtual, and I came across some, some nuggets there that I decided I wanted to use in my business, and I wanted to, to move up from where I was at about six, six, seven deals a year, and I felt you guys were the right group to be with. So I joined after that event, and I started off in Runway right away, and immediately everything started to just sort of blow up and expand my business. And then after about six, seven months, I moved up to Altitude. Seven figure altitude, and that's where I'm at now, and actually cruising through altitude. <laughs> All right, tell me about that. What does that mean, cruising? Like, how, how are things going, and what's working for you right now? 
Um, really, it was just a play on words with altitude since we love runway, um, what's the flight plan, and everything else, and now altitude. Um, altitude's the advanced level group for the mastermind, and it's really like a man, a, a, a business overview from 10,000 feet how to, how to really run a business. So I've been involved in that, trying to develop some other things as far as expanding and scaling up. And what, so what does your company look like now? Um, well, I sort of took a little step back. Last year I bought 15 properties uh, based off the runway and the altitude information. And I sort of, mm, my, my grasp was longer than my reach as they say. And I sort of ballooned too fast in my words. So I took a step back a little bit not much, but just to sort of regroup and make it into a business and a scalable business at that. So this year, I'm right at, uh, after next week, I'll be at seven properties this year. So I'm still on track to do about 14 or 15, but that number is only going to grow with the stuff that we're doing. So let's talk about that a little bit. You said you kind of went uh, your, what'd you say? Your arm, your grasp was, I don't know, something was longer than your reach. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is, what, what happened? Like I, I, so I see this, I see this happen from time to time and I try to figure out how, uh, it's, we can avoid it. But I think people jump into a group, see people doing a lot. And what happens is they kind of like scale too fast. A lot of times they don't scale responsibly, um, and start like just saying yes to a lot of things. It, so let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I, I don't think maybe people necessarily talk about it enough and uh, they just kind of like skip over it. So if you're okay, let's go there for a second. Okay, yeah, and that's pretty much exactly what that means. Um, when when I started off with the runway and I transitioned over to altitude and started putting stuff together, um, stuff just moved rather fast and I, I hate to say no to a deal. So <laughs> everything was available for me and I just kept buying, buying, buying. Um, and everything's working out, it's just that Sometimes you get to a point where you have to slow down and just take a look around and, and sort of let things catch up before you move forward again. Um, so, but being as active as I am, that's sort of a little bit of a hard part. Wink, wink. Yep. And let's, so let's go, let's go even further down. So, so was it just, you bought a bunch of properties and what happened? They kind of like sat there, like you had the, op you, you started understanding no. how to buy better. You started, but what was, what was the problem? Like what, what did you run into? That, that caused that kind of, we call it in, in the military, we call it the pig and the snake. So like, and I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you what that means, is when the flight students go through flight school, there's always like a log jam somewhere. And so everybody gets stuck in a certain phase, maybe the weather gets bad and we can't fly certain events. And then you have this kind of like, you're trying to push students through in a regular basis to get them to graduate. Same thing, we're trying to take these properties from where they, like from, looking crappy to ready for uh, sale, but sometimes we get that pig in the snake concept where we're all stuck because I don't have an electrician or I don't have a co contractor, or I don't have money or something like that. Like where did you get stuck and then what what happened? Oh, it's a combination of things, um, but it's exactly the analogy that you had there. Um, most For the most part, it's on the inspector side and the township side, bottling stuff up. With the COVID, a lot of places are shut down. Um, they're not back up to full speed yet. The people are on furloughs. They're understaffed. So, it, you know, if you have an inspection one week and you don't, if you fail for some reason, you may not get back on the schedule for another two weeks. And then it's mm -hmm. like, uh, it just, it just builds up on top of each other. And then next thing you know, properties aren't selling when they're supposed to sell. Uh, 
the way the market's been and the appreciation and everything like that, you know, when it hits the market, it sells. It's just, it has to get to the market. So that along with some of the supply chains, we're slowing everything down. And then back to some of the vendors, they get busy. Uh, when I say vendors, I mean subcontractors. They're, they're busy working on other stuff and they can't get back to you. And it's just a confluence of everything coming together. So I think uh, the advice that I would give to people who are listening is, and, and I did this for years, I, I would run all my numbers and structure my, my goals, my quarterly plans, rocks, all those things, um, even my annual goals based on everything going right, like 100% of things going right. So um, I got the right contractors, I've got the materials, I've got the money, I've got all, all these things happen. And usually like 50 to 60% of the things go right, uh, but it's not, not always 100%. So um, building in some contingency, building in some um, some extra time. There's probably extra holding costs that come with all that stuff, Stan. There's um, there's a lot of things that kind of come up. And in a market where we are steadily appreciating during that time, if you have longer hold times, longer rehab times, things like that, things work out great. If it's the other way around, um, hope we got enough margin built in the way that we kind of teach and coach that you're okay with you know 15, 20% drop um, over that time and you're coming out kind of unscathed. But as the project gets longer, the costs go up, um, supply chain issues go up, uh, the rehab costs start increasing because of materials, all of those things start happening. Um, next thing you know, you got kind of the perfect storm and you kind of like break even on a property or lose some money. I've lost money on quite a few properties in the past and I learned a ton of lessons from it. So taking all that information, what have you done differently now that you would recommend to the people that are listening as they're scaling their business? Uh, preparation, just a little more preparation as far as lining up the subs, lining up your, your scope of work and everything like that, so that everybody, the, the hopefully the, the plan is to hit the ground running. You know, the day after closing, we're swinging hammers for demo. We have our people in line to come in like, you know, a week to 10 days after demo's done, get their stuff done, um, and just keep moving that way. And we're starting to see a little better, a little better this year in 2022, but we're still being held up with the uh, inspectors and stuff like that. Mm. Okay. Well, it's interesting because the topic that I wanted to talk about today was specifically scaling your business using uh, hard money lending. So, um, and what I did was I looked at some of the folks that were um, doing a lot of loans with uh, Lending Home. Used to be Lending Home, now it's called Kiavi. Um, and we have a great program with them, 100% purchase, 100% rehab financing. Um, and you were one of the folks that was doing quite a bit of loans with them. So, um, it's funny that we're talking about like as we scale up, there's a few things that we need, right? Um, we need to be able to market and find the property, so we need deal flow. And then we need financing, right? We need financing. But on the back end as rehabbers, we need the contractors. We need the, we need the uh, project management side. And that's really where I see we're, we're talking about is really looking at project management. How do we manage this project from an expected four months, three months, two months, four weeks to get it from start to finish at our expected timeline or earlier, right? To uh, maximize our profit margins. And the faster we can knock out the properties, usually the more money we make. Hasn't always been the case in the past few years. Uh, some of the people that have taken like two years to do a project they were supposed to take six months are actually making more money somehow. But that you should not expect massive appreciation and it's, never, it's not always gonna be like that. So let's talk a little bit about money. How did you finance these deals in the beginning, like when you were getting started in this business? Um, well, it started out one of the first mentors I was with um, offered a financing package with his program. So I was able to develop a track record to do my first few deals. And after that, I started, to, I found out how to find private money. 
So from that point forward, after about 18 months in, I've been doing nothing but all private money up until the last year or so with with uh, Seven Figure, where I came in contact with Kiavi. So the majority of my stuff is private money, private lenders. And, and let's talk about that for a second before we go on to hard money. Um, what was what was that like? What was your kind of like funnel to bring people in? Who was doing your lending? That kind of stuff. Straight straight into my RIA. Um, we have a very large local RIA here. It's about 750 to 1,000 members, and you know, wow. There's and we covered the whole state, but the majority of it's in the southern part of New Jersey where I'm at. So it was just putting myself out there, having a track record of successful flips, and coming across people and making relationships with them that they want to get involved on the lending side and pretty much all the same stuff that you do as far as raising money. Um, and then it just sort of, sort of started to balloon. And then word of mouth started to get around and now it's really getting around that, you know, I'm a producer and a problem solver and people just want to reach out and lend with me. Hmm. Awesome. So, um, and what are those conversations like? Let's go a little bit deeper. Like there's probably people are like, oh man, I could just go to the RIA and say that I need to borrow money. Um, what was it like? Well, it's funny you say that because at our RIA, most of the meetings, they will ask in the beginning, um, and you're familiar with it, with RIAs, um, they'll ask, who has deals, who has money, who needs money. Um, and I thought it was sort of funny in the beginning when you raise your hand about wanting money, it looks like everybody in the world wants money, but there's way less hands raising their hand and saying they have, they have money to give. Um, but when you can raise your hand and show a deal that you've done, people sort of come, they don't even raise their hand, they'll come to you afterwards like, hey, let me see that deal again. And then it's, you know, you start to have a conversation and then we usually meet up afterwards or another day have coffee and just sit down and talk about it and try to see where they're coming from, what they're trying to achieve and then it just goes from there. So, you know, it's funny because when, when I talk to you, it's like, oh, everybody knows this. Stan, everybody doesn't know this. Like the, the, <laughs> the, that little gold piece that you just shared, is like sit down and have coffee or have lunch with them and just find out what they need. Like that's it, that, that right there is why you can raise money and why a lot of other people are struggling is because they're thinking about what they need. Like I need to get my interest rate at six or 7% or something. And, and I, I need a balloon payment where I don't pay monthly payments ever. And I need a one year note instead of six months or three months or whatever, you know? Like I, 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 I. And really it's all about making sure you know what they want and need. And then you figure out, do I have a vehicle that can, that can help that? And exactly. when, when you start that way, that's how you raise a lot of money. And that's how you build these kind of relationships. Um, I, I'm going to point everybody that's listening to the 500K Challenge. Uh, if you go to 500kchallenge.com, so like the number 500kchallenge.com, I put together like a 30-day training. Um, I'd highly encourage if you're listening and you haven't done this to do it. And if you have bought it and you have done it, go do it again. Because there's a ton of money out there, especially right now. Um, there's The marketplace is very interesting right now. There's a lot of people that want to place money. There's a lot of people that don't trust some of the things that are happening inside the government, the stock market, all of those kind of things. And they love a hard asset in real estate. So um, go check that out. I think it'd be really beneficial for you. Uh, so Stan, you were raising money in on that side of things, private-wise, uh, at the RIA, all those folks. Why didn't you just keep doing that? Well, what started to happen was I started to have more deals than I had money. Um, and usually throughout the last few years, it's been a balancing act of more deals and money, deals and money. If you can imagine a fulcrum, one side's up, one side's down, and you try to keep it almost even, or if not even more, weighted towards more money. Um, so I was getting pretty consistent with deal flow. 
Um, well, I extended myself on my, for lack of a better word, extended myself on my private money. And that's when I came across Seven Figure and we had the um, opportunity that we had with Kiavi slash Lending Home. And then that's when I started using them for a couple Okay, of and are you still using private money uh, with them as well? Uh, yes, I use both. Yep. Okay, and how does that how does that look? So, like, what was the transition like from private money to using um, some more kind of hard money lenders, like um, or like specifically? I tell you what, I, I used hard money many years ago, and it was <laughs> it was it was uh, not difficult, but it was it was really eye opening when you start looking at what's what's occurring as far as fees and charges and costs and stuff like that. Um, but you know, as you know, it's a short-term loan, and you, you sort of deal with it, to, and you compass that into your cost, and then when you sell out, you're you're done. Um, but rolling into Kiavi, they they were really, it was a smooth process, and it was I think once you get qualified with them, it was just a matter of like two phone calls, and throughout the whole process, and they did everything they said they were going to do, and next thing you know, you're at the day before closing, you print your documents, and you're done. Yeah, and so. Like what I noticed when we, so we've used them for a long time and, and I was able to scale my flipping business using them, um, significantly because I was able to go from kind of like having to raise a couple million dollars from private money and then just running out kind of like you to just saying, I was able to say yes to a lot of deals and they were able to close pretty quickly. We've closed some deals really fast. Um, and then some I didn't need to close that fast. I have a 30-day closing, no big deal. But I mean, they've closed deals for me. And granted, keep in mind, I run the seven-figure mastermind. So I have a relationship with them that um, may be different. But they've closed deals for us in five days. So now my team had to be on them because they do a lot of loans. So we had to, like, I have a transaction coordinator that really pushes the process along and make sure that they're on top of things and we're just not waiting for them. But that we've had five days, seven days, 10 days, those kind of things, which is impossible with a bank, any bank. I mean, I've done right. commercial deals with banks in two weeks, but you're not getting a five day close. Um, can be a challenge with private money lenders, but it's possible. Um, and we're getting 100% financing, 100% of the purchase, and then 100% of the rehab on the draw. Um, and the fees weren't, weren't crazy, and neither were the points and rates, I didn't think. It was really surprising. Um, it was almost equivalent to what my private money lenders were doing, some of them, some of the more expensive private money lenders, like 12%. Uh, what was your experience like as far as fees and, and rates and stuff like that? It fall it falls right in line with my business model. Um, I, I'm not I, I don't get my private money down as low as some other investors and yourself. Um, so I'm typically around that ten to twelve percent range. And with the with the percentage they charge with the points and the fees and stuff, it's right around there. I think it ends up being like twelve and a half and and a half percent in our world is not a really big thing. So that that falls right in line with it. And it, I, I can't say enough about it. it. Just it's it allowed me to just do some deals that I couldn't have done with with private money because you know either I was extended or I'm waiting for something to sell, and then I just plug it in and keep it moving. Yeah, that's the cool thing. You can kind of like layer it on top of what you're doing. So I find a lot of people are just like, and and, and for anybody who's listening who's brand new to hard money, it really is just a, attached to a hard asset. Like when you actually say hard money lending, it's really like it's like money lending that's attached to a hard asset. So really what, what we should do is like pull it apart from like private money to more like maybe institutional based money. 
So um, where I take a hard money lender, when I say a hard money lender, I'm talking about a professional person who only lends money. And then private money being more like mom and pop, um, friends, family, those kind of things as being a private money lender that is giving um, maybe lower rates or, so I've, I always find if when I think about private money, it's like it might take them a little bit longer to warm up uh, to me, but they're, they're not in the business, full-time business of lending money. They're, they're making an investment and partnering with me, basically. Whereas a hard money lender, um, like quote unquote hard money, is basically just um, a company that is going to fund my deals at some percentage of after repair value, some percentage of cost, and then some, some rate and fees that they're going to charge. So um, th usually you think hard money lending, institutions, way more expensive, tons of fees, red tape, all these like long applications, I have to have good credit, more like a bank type stuff, um, where really they're just lending on the asset. They're lending on the asset. So um, what I found is if I can use a little bit of both, then it, it allowed me to scale faster or scale to the point where um, maybe I want to take one down using Kiavi and then maybe I take the next one down using private money. Because I want to keep my lenders happy too. I don't want to just... Uh, make a shift completely to an institutional type lender um, because then there might be a million or two that I have with friends and family that they, believe me, when you give people their private money back, they don't want it back. They're like, wait, <laughs> what? Like you're giving it back? Have you had that experience? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> what, what was it like? Tell me, tell me a story about, uh, have you, like if you had a conversation or something like that? Yeah, usually like like some most of my lenders will at least once a year we get together, have lunch, whatever, and just talk about stuff. Um, one of my particular lenders, usually after a deal, we'll get together and I drop his check off or or whatever it is, and we talk about something, whatever. And I had I'd said to him, and I always ask everybody because you know it's their money; they can do whatever they want with it. Um, even though we as investors we want them to reinvest, but we just provide the opportunity. They say yes or no. Um, we're sitting there talking. I say, hey, look, I have more deals in the pipeline. Are you interested? Are, what are your plans? And he just simply takes the envelope, shoves, slides it right back across the table and says, it's coming right back to you. And, um, you know, we got to chuckle out of it. And it's like, all right, you know, just that's a that's a thrilling feeling to have when they want to come back to you again. Yeah, totally. I've got people right now, like we've done some apartment deals and we're giving a bunch of money back right now. And they're like, okay, what's next? And even the people that were, have been invested with us are saying, do you have any more? Do you have any more? Do you have any more? As they make more money, they're just like, I wanna continue to give it to you. Being a good steward of those people's money and resources and, and, and their trust, there, there's nothing better than that. And it, that, that to me, like repeat people or referrals, there's no better, um, uh, no better compliment than that, in my opinion. So true, so, so true. And, and I think the same thing goes for like our businesses, right? Like everything that we do. So we're talking about Kiavi here. Um, we've got, you know, if they do a good job with you, you're gonna talk about it on a podcast like this. Other people are gonna go look into them. Other people are gonna go uh, try to figure out what that is. Um, and, and for us, you know, partnering with them on this, we, we have um, a big piece of that too, making sure that they're doing a good job, holding them accountable, those kind of things for our members. Because we do, we have a program with them that really nobody else has unless you have a franchise um, when you have 100% of the purchase and 100% of the rehab by being part of our program. So you mentioned in the beginning you had a mentor that, um, that had financing built in. We don't finance people's properties, but we do uh, kind of leverage our group and we have, we have some amazing people in our group and the reason why we have such a great relationship with them is because our people are paying their bills. 
and when our people pay their bills, we look good, right? And so bringing yes. the right people in, it's, it's important and we can refer them uh, to, to, to these folks. So let's talk, like what was, you mentioned the process is pretty easy. I just wanna, I kinda wanna remove, did you, was there any like concern that you had of using hard money before you did? And what was holding you back uh, from, from it? And Cause I, really what I want, there's probably a lot of people listening who are like, I don't care what they say. Like I don't, don't wanna scale my business using hard money. I'll just continue to do one flip a year and I'll use my own money and I'm not gonna use any other people's money or uh, a hard money lender like that. No way, that, that is the total opposite way you wanna go. Um, my, my hold up or my concern with, uh, they were lending home at the time um, and they had a requirement to get the preferred tier, which I believe was five deals in 18 to 24 months, whatever it was. Um, and because I was coming out of my mentorship where I was, my name wasn't on title, so I couldn't, I didn't have enough. I had four deals at the time. Even though I had done six deals a year, only four had my name on them, even though I was getting profits from the other ones, if that makes sense. So I spoke with uh, Ray at the time, who was the rep, and we talked about it, and it was like, hey, look, I had deals in the works, but they weren't closing yet. He said, once you close that one, you're good to go. Um, so my holdup was the whole application process and stuff like that, getting it together, um, all the documents and stuff like that, but it was rather simple. I gave them the HUDs, filled out the app, they ran the credit, and then when the first deal came up, it was just a matter of giving them the address, submit the application that they want, they verified it, and you're off to the races. Awesome. Yeah, I. so uh, just to be clear, Stan's talking about the preferred program, and it's that 100% financing that we have. It, and all you have to do is five exits in the last two years. So as long as you have that, um, and then you, you'll get like some sort of line of credit from them, which is really cool. Like we got a $5 million line of credit. So then I know I have that kind of purchasing power when I go out there to, uh, to make offers. Like I know that they'll fund our deals um, as long as the desktop underwriting looks good. So um, I agree. I, I, don't, I hope it doesn't stop you. Um, that mindset of um, I'll just use my money or I'll do one property at a time. That, I, I was there. I know exactly what it was like. I did one house. Took me six months, then it took me six months to find the next one. And I did one house a year for two years before I joined Seven Figure Flipping. And then I did 67 in like eight months. And 12 of those were flips. The rest were wholesale deals, just to be clear. But I wouldn't, and, and I started with a 50 50 partner. I started with a guy who had a ton of money and we partnered on the deals 50 50. Uh, he paid for everything. I did all the work in Pensacola and we split the profit 50 50. That was more expensive than any hard money lender I've ever used, ever, and or private money. And so then I started raising money, it was private money, and then I said, well, hey, let's check this out and uh, start using some more hard money. Because I, I couldn't get over the fees, I couldn't get over all the things that you talked about, Stan, in the beginning. I just couldn't get past it. I was like, gosh, this is a lot. But I wasn't even thinking about like all the time that I was spending raising money, all the time that I was spending, or, or my own money in the deal, and the fact that I could be making more money elsewhere and things like that. And so, um, so I, I Perfectly honest, I have a bunch of money in the bank right now, and I lend hard money to other uh, flippers and wholesalers and transactional funding, and I borrow money from institutions like this that charge me less, and I make arbitrage, basically. So um, I don't use my own money in my deals, and I don't think you should if you're out there uh, listening. Um, and it, there's risk tolerances and there's levels, but you can absolutely scale your business using this model. Um, Stan, what, what, what last piece of advice Will you do you want to give to anybody that's listening that's just getting started or uh, run a business right now? Well, 
with, as far as just the last touch on Kiavi, that is my plan to move forward. Sort of like you said, I'm just going to totally use them to scale my business out um, instead of having to do all private money. And it's going to be like layered, like you said before, one private, maybe the next one, Kiavi, vice versa, the next two in a row. Just keep everything moving and just just scale it up and just keep on going. Um, I would just say don't be afraid of it. Um, the, the numbers are there. If the numbers work in your deal, it's going to work with a hard money lender or a private money lender. And, you know, the one's just a little more documentation than the other. And just continue to make offers and continue to be conservative. And certainly don't listen to the doom and gloom that's out there now, you know, and just keep pushing forward. Yeah, I would say be smart, like be smart and think for yourself. There's a lot of people that are uh, shouting all kinds of different things right now. As you listen to this, I would say plug in to a community. That's why I love our mastermind group. We're actually doing a call um, on Friday afternoon, uh, Friday morning, 1030 to 12 inside of our mastermind group as as the it'll be after this uh, goes out on the podcast. But during this recording about the state of the market, I'm getting some of my friends together, some of the leaders inside of our community. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to spend an hour and a half going through it so the mastermind knows, hey, this is the direction that all, all of us are going inside real estate. Here's what we think. Here's what we see. Here's some data. Here's some graphs. Here's some charts. And um, it wasn't planned. wasn't scheduled. But I heard a lot of people are, um, are worried about it or make it, trying to make some decisions that way, want to know what we think. And here we go. We, I scheduled it last night. And so, Stan, you might not even know about it. Uh, Friday from 1030 to 12. We just announced it, like, I don't know, maybe yeah. a half hour ago. I just caught it on my email this morning. Cool. So um, so the other thing that we're going to do is coming up um, after this recording, we're going to do, um, like we've never done this before, but I'm teaming up with a couple other companies, Kiavi being one of them, where we're going to do um, a masterclass together and uh, talk about finding and funding your first deal. So your first off-market deal or your next off-market deal. So I'd love it if you guys would come join me um, in that. And we're going to talk. Uh, Ray, as uh, Stan mentioned, he'll be on the call with me, as well as some folks from Deal Machine and a couple of our members. And we're going to talk about how to find and fund that next deal using some of these systems and tools that are out there and available. So hopefully you guys come uh, share, um, share some time with me. It'll be on July 13th, July 13th at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 1 o'clock central. Um, and you can go to sevenfigureflipping.com slash ultimate. So it's the ultimate masterclass is what we're calling it. So go to sevenfigureflipping.com slash ultimate and uh, come spend some time with uh, me and some of my friends. We'll talk about that and show you exactly how, like we're gonna show you exactly how to do it. So if you're like, I'm not so sure about this hard money thing. Um, it's overwhelming. It's, it's, I'm a little bit worried about it or uh, I, I don't think it's as good as it sounds. Um, come on, we'll show you exactly the process of, of what to do during this ultimate masterclass. So uh, go to sevenfigureflipping.com slash ultimate and you can jump in. I would love to see you there. Um, Stan, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Um, if people want to know more about you, how can they uh, find out more or, um, or reach out or anything like that? What's, what's beneficial? What do you need right now? Maybe somebody wants to lend you money or somebody's got a deal in New Jersey. Um, how can they send it to you? Uh, I'm always on the lookout for capital contractors and deals. Um, the way to get a hold of me easiest is on, I have my business page on Facebook, Facebook, excuse me, wilderpropertyacquisitions.com, or you can reach me at my website, webuyhomesinsouthjersey.com. All right, webuyhomesinsouthjersey.com. Um, Stan, it's been awesome. Uh, I had so much fun hanging out with you. Uh, our, if, if you guys are looking for the video, Stan's camera was uh, not working today. So I didn't get the opportunity to see Stan and you don't get to see him, but we'll use a picture of him in, in the link. And um, this is the first one I've ever done, I think, where somebody's camera was off. So I'm just talking to a blank screen and I miss my, my buddy. So um, 
I, I was always, it's always good hanging out with you and spending some time together. Um, again, don't forget, go to sevenfigureflipping.com slash ultimate. Um, come spend some time with us July 13th, 1 p.m. Central. And you can hop in at sevenfigureflipping.com slash ultimate. The link will be in the show notes, in the description, on our social media, pretty much everywhere. You'll probably get an email about it, all kinds of stuff like that. So thanks for hanging out with us today, and we will see you on the next show. Bye.